Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're so excited to have Christian Delawerta as our special guest. With 30 years of experience, Christian Delawerta is a sought-after spiritual teacher, personal transformation coach, and leading voice in the breathwork community. He's traveled the world offering inspiring and transformational retreats, combining psychological and spiritual teachings with lasting and life-changing effects. An award-winning, critically acclaimed author, he has spoken at numerous universities and conferences and on the TEDx stage. His new book, Awakening the Soul of Power, was described by multiple Grammy Award winner Gloria Estefan as a balm for the soul of anyone searching for truth and answers to life's difficult questions. It's also received a Nautilus Book Award and a Nonfiction Book Award. Christian, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. We always like to start by asking what you do when you want to expand your thinking. Well, thank you, uh, Kelly and uh, Carrie, for having me on the show. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity and have been looking forward to speaking with you. Um, you know what I what I do to expand my thinking is first thing is is drop everything and go go inside go within. Um, there's a book also that I always recommend because it's 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 called The Universe Is a Green Dragon and it was written by Brian Swim, a cosmologist. And what he does in the book is he applies some of the principles that govern the cosmos to the human experience. Because much to the surprise of some humans, we are part of the cosmos, so we're, we're going to be ruled by the same principles that govern the stars. So, for example, he talks about cosmic generosity. And, and he talks about the cosmic generosity of a star, of a supernova, that when it explodes, when it gives up its form, when it gives up its life, what happens? You know, suns and moons and stars, galaxies are, are born. And he says that, and this isn't pretty poetic, you know, woo-woo California stuff. It's a scientific fact that 99% of the atoms in our bodies are exactly the same atoms that are found in the stars. So that we can say, literally, that we are made of star stuff, that we are star beings. So that means that we too have that cosmic generosity wired into us. We have that desire to, to give ourselves away. And um, I, mean, I love that concept. And, and there, are, there are others that he talks about that are always help me remember and reconnect and have a broader perspective. 
Thank you, Christian, for being on our on our podcast. I'm so thrilled that you that you've joined us, and I can't wait to hear more from you. The universe is a green dragon that we all have the cosmic the makeup of a of the stars. What other thing when you said you go within? What is there something immediately like? What? How do you know to stay, stop, drop things, go within? Like, how do you know to to take that pause for yourself? Well, whenever whenever I don't I don't have clarity about something, mm-hmm. say that I have to make a choice. Like even now, you know, where to, I'm kind of in the midst of a nomadic phase, and the way that I live is like I'm always very tuned in to where the energies are guiding me, where life seems to be taking me. So I'm always paying attention to the signs. Um, and so if I've gotten distracted, if I've gotten too busy, if, I, if I'm drawn deeply drawn into a project, um, like a book or something, then I'll stop what I'm doing and, and I'll pause and I'll just, I'll either go for a walk in nature or I'll just, you know, sit, but check in with myself. Mm-hmm. And see what kind of what kind of signs m- might have I been missing. So, for example, I'm, I've been in in a nomadic phase for the last almost going on a year now. In October will be a year, and so I've been in Quito for the last six months in Ecuador, and then suddenly, like just noticing things happening. You know, this this place that that I've been um, subleasing is not available after September. Um, a possibility that was going to happen, you know, that was going to that was going to lead to possible clients here in Ecuador. It's not going to happen anymore because of unforeseen circumstances. A possibility of somebody lending me a place in Fort Lauderdale for a couple of months comes up, all within the same week, and a couple more mm-hmm. things. So that's when I it's okay, something's happening here. Um, oh, I was going to apply for a two years two year visa and the visa that I applied for is no longer available. So I can still apply for another one, but when I look at the whole thing, at all the signs, at the whole you know gestalt of it, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, I guess it's time to to look at what's next. Maybe it's not Quito, maybe it's not Ecuador. I don't have exact clarity yet as to what's what's next, but there are a couple of possibilities brewing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I do. I, I stop and then I go within and then I observe what's going on. And I would say you're also sound so flexible to it as well. So you're like, well, maybe Ecuador is not going to work right now. And so the path is, is different. And so how do you balance maybe having kind of, this is the goal I'm going to do this in a year, but then also taking in, huh? maybe the universe is kind of shifting things around and I have to be flexible on that goal. Like, do you have to, is that a hard struggle for you? Have you always been kind of flexible? Like I'll see where it takes me. Well, you know, I think it's something that I learned along the way, you know, that just to flow to go with the flow rather than trying to force it to the way that I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, for the last years of, of as part of my teaching, as part of my own personal development, I've gotten very clear about how the ego mind works in each of us. And it's the more that we realize the ego's machinations and its shenanigans and, and, and part of its characteristics is that it's a control freak. Um, and it's trying to control and micromanage not only every part of our lives, but everybody else's <laughs> lives around us. Once I begin to, you know, disidentify with that and, and re-identify with 
the greater part of who we are, then it becomes easier to go with the flow and to to follow the the river rather than you know swimming against the stream. Mm-hmm. I um, I'm going to think about that all day. The ego and its shenanigans. So I love. <laughs> yeah. What's it up to? And it is the ultimate micromanager. So yeah. and no one likes micromanaging. I've, I've done thousands yeah. of interviews, and that one time, as someone said, "I really want to work for a micromanager. I love that." Yeah, <laughs> not one person has ever said that. <laughs> no, no, I can't even imagine. No, no, no one ever says that. Um, so, what is then? Let's get to the big question. Um, so, what is the decision that you made or was made for you that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are some of those charged qualities that you used to help you throughout that decision? I love your charge qualities. Humility is one of the, the qualities that I always look for, like in a teacher, somebody who, in order for somebody to have credibility for me as a teacher, as a guide, they have to have humility. Um, and then I, th- I think courage and resilience mm. are, are two that, if, you know, people ask me, well, how did you get to where you are? I think those are two. One is courage. Um, you know, and of doing things and have done things that I, I didn't want to do that my little ego from its limited perspective didn't want to do. Um, so I know that I've made and continue to make choices to serve the higher good, the, the higher part of me, um, and to serve others and, you know, st- resilience. Like I can't tell you how many times over the last 30 years I had a, created an event, a workshop and four people showed up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the resilience of even the pandemic, you know, my, my income went to a screeching halt after 30 years of doing retreats and workshops, suddenly unable to do anything, mm-hmm. um, particularly because I always use breath work as a healing tool in my retreats and my workshops. And even though we needed to be breathing, we couldn't be breathing together in one room. And so... But a couple of blessings from that experience of the pandemic for me. For one, I got to see how deeply established I am in trust. Like not once did I go into fear about how am I going to survive? How am I going to pay the bills? It's like I just knew that things were going to work out one way or another. And then the other two benefits, because I was so busy, you know, flying, I went from 100,000 miles on an airplane to zilch. Mm. Um, but the benefit of that, the blessing, the silver lining around the cloud for that is that I, I got to finish. I got to put my butt down and get this book that I've been brewing in my head for 10 years probably, got it out of my head and got it published. Um, and then the other thing that I've known for years I needed to do uh, was create virtual programming. You know, to People from other sides of the world who may never come to my, one of my live retreats. And so... COVID forced my hand and now I've got a year long coaching program and I've got a, I'm just launching now a four week more accessible, um, quicker results thing program. Also, also virtual. So I'm, I'm grateful. What, so was it that when you look back, is it COVID that made a significant change, um, in the kind of trajectory of your, of your life of doing, making, writing the book and doing the virtual workshops? Or was there something before that, that maybe really tugged on that courage and that resilience and that humility? 
I think there were there were definitely earlier points, like yeah. thirty years ago. Like, yeah, this COVID thing just had me shift to create to create to write this book and to create virtual programming. But the real dramatic change came probably thirty two years ago. Now, where you know, I had a very enviable lo- uh, job. Um, I was working in marketing and community relations for a psychiatric and, and addictions hospital in South in Miami in South Florida and just got very disillusioned. You know, I started to see people, things done that didn't, didn't feel right to me or, or the most ethical, like people put impatient with when they could have been treated outpatient just because they had the benefit. Mm. And so I started to lose, you know, hope. I started to get disillusioned with that industry. And so I started to, to question like, what do I really want from life? And, and again, my life was very enviable. I, I got to make my own schedule. I got to wine, wine and dine potential referral sources. But, it, but I got to the point that it seemed the more that I had, you know, I had a beautiful condo on the water in, in South Beach, uh, right when the Renaissance was, was happening there. Um, and it seemed like the more that I had, the more that I the more that I was sought after socially or professionally that I kept thinking there's gotta be more, there's mm-hmm. gotta be more to life. And then I went through this really intense process of getting clear just by myself. Like, what do I really want from life? And as a result of that, I think I like I, that process was so intense that I got so clear in relationship to the universe that within six months of me doing that process, I found, I was led to just one of those synchronicity things. I, I, I led, was led to this teacher um, from whom I learned breath work, from whom I learned like how the ego works and how it keeps us in a self-made prison of fear and lack and limitation and projections and victimization and all that kind of stuff. And within nine months of that, I me starting to do that work, I quit my job, sold my condo, sold my car, gave away most of my belongings or sold them, um, and went off on a spiritual journey. Never, never looked back. That was the last job I ever had for somebody else that I worked for a corporation. Oh my gosh. When you were growing up, did you have, did you have, was it, I'm going to school and I'm going to work in this field and this is kind of what we do? Or did you have other role models maybe of this type of journey? Well, I always had a sense of service and, and I, and I can't, I think I came in with some innate gifts the ability to listen. Um, like even as a kid, people would always come to me for, for help, for advice, mm-hmm. even older people. Um, but I translated that, call it a sense of mission, call it whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. in different ways. So first I thought I was going to be a priest. I went to, I was raised in a very Catholic family and I went to a Catholic high school um, and so first I thought I was going to be a priest and, but then realized that that religion didn't have enough room for me. Um, okay. then I thought of my dad was a psychiatrist, so I studied psychology. I didn't want to go to med school, but I, but I thought the PhD in psychology was, was the way to go. Um, but then I also discovered that, especially once I discovered breath work, that, it shifted my 
my perceptions about that. And with all due respect to psychotherapy, you know, in the right hands, with clear goals, um, and a clear end in sight, you know, it can it can be profoundly helpful and transformational and healing. And we all know that you can also sit on somebody's couch for five, 10, 20, 30 yeah. years rehashing the same old crap <laughs> and nothing happens. Um, and, and understanding what happened to us and why we do the things we do, certainly better than not understanding it. But the problem is that the, those traumas that happened to us in childhood, they don't no longer live in the mind. So in some cases, like again, in, in, in some hands it can really work. Um, but in some cases, it just, we just get stuck in rehashing the mental at a mental level because that stuff has now been somaticized and lives in the body. Um, and so no amount of talking about it is ever going to be able to clear it. And, um, and so, so what I do now is sort of my own thing. It's, it has some sort of psycho-spiritual approach, yeah. which is the other thing that, that I didn't find. I mean, I think now you can find more of it. But when I was going to school, there was sort of this line in psychotherapy, you did not get into the spiritual. Right. Um, and I think now, you know, people are definitely weaving it more together and bridging those. But that was missing for me, too. So my approach now has some elements of psychology and it has some elements of, of spirituality, um, some understanding of the, of, of the ego from Eastern perspective. Um, so I blend. I blend uh, different things now. Yeah, I was going to say it's very holistic because you're right. When I studied psychology as well, it was pretty much very scientific method, kind of not mm -hmm. the spiritual as well. They were starting to, like you said, start to look at the whole person, but not, not really. It's a, it's more of a, um, a um, sickness model, right? Sickness, fix yes. the sickness, not really quite look at the, at the whole person. Um, so you kind of had this path. So I'm getting the, the, the vibe of Christian. You have this path of service <laughs> and I'm a priest. I'm going to serve psychology. And so what, and it's funny, we just recorded a, a, a podcast just before yours, and it was a person saying kind of the same thing. I have everything. And the more I receive, the more I had, the more money or the more accolades, the emptier almost. Like, yeah. why am I doing this? Exactly. Um, and, and so you have this moment. And then how, you said you started to look inward. How did you find the breath work, you already had this psychotherapy mindset, you know what I mean? You already had that part. So like, how did you kind of turn and say, Hmm, the breath work and finding this, this teacher. And what did that do for you? Um, that was missing from, from what you had. I think, you know, just, I went through, I, what I did was get clear that I wanted more. And I, yeah. and I spent, um, a weekend by myself. I didn't watch TV. I didn't, listen to music. I just kind of beat in the question. I asked my partner at the time to, you know, that I just needed the time alone. So I could walk on the beach or, or do something like that, but I just leave, lived in the question, like, what do I want from life? So I made a list, got, got, got to a hundred things and I didn't evaluate it. It could be like really about making a difference or it could be really petty um, about a place that I wanted to travel to. Um, once, and then I, kind of ran out of stuff to say. And then I went on the second phase, which was a real difficult one. What do I really want from life? Mm. And so I started eliminating, eliminating, and I think I got it down to three. And, and I didn't even know where that list went. But I think, I think the things were like I wanted to fulfill my potential as a human being. Mm. 
mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, which I had neglected for a few years. I wanted to discover my, my purpose, what I was really here for at a mission level, at a soul level. And then I wanted to travel and see the world and work with people from all different walks of life. And I think it was that process of, of getting so clear that the universe heard it, heard, heard my <laughs> intention. And in a very synchronous way, like I was sun tanning or sitting out by the pool um, and somebody came, somebody that I knew, but didn't really know, like a friend of a friend kind of thing. And saw that I was reading something pseudo spiritual. And so we started to talk and told me about breath work. And I, at some level I must've known because I was like, yep, tell me when and how much and I'm there and changed my life, changed my life because it was missing. It gave me the spiritual component that I was missing with my my psychology because I had thrown out the baby with a baptismal water (laughs) (laughs) because I, you know, I didn't know there was a difference between religion and spirituality. Yes. Um, And then I discovered, you know, as as I started to search within and started to look eastward and the indigenous traditions and new thought realized that I could find my own expression, my own spiritual connection. I I love that. I, first, I love the practicalness of, all right, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to make this list. And then I'm going to go back and kind of call the list. And I'm going exactly. to, and I just love this, like in a way that you, you've married the extremely practical list, cut it, three things now, to this beautiful spiritual practice. And, and you re- remind me of when um, my husband, kind of the same thing, who said, I don't like this art that I'm in, just like the psychotherapy. Like it doesn't quite hit it. And he was like, I need something else. And he all of a sudden opened a magazine and there was an article about an artist that he's like, that's the person Mm. um, that I want to study under. And it changed his life just like you in the, in the breath work. And so it's so, um, if you open yourself up, like you said, and get some clarity, it is amazing how sometimes the answer pops right there and you have to be open to listening to it. Yes. And it takes the courage, right? Because yeah. I, I quit my job, yes. sold my condo and yep. gave everything away except for my books and my Armani suits, which tells you a little bit about my attachments. <laughs> but my, you can't give away those. <laughs> my family and my friends were freaking out because oh, I was, yeah. I was giving up an enviable life, very enviable life. Um, and to the logical mind, to that little ego mind, it, it was very threatened. And so people were yeah. freaking out. They thought I was joining a cult um, because I worked with this woman um, for five years as, as a teacher. And then she assumed the role of a guru in a, a traditional Eastern sense. And, mm-hmm. um, and so people were freaking out. And, and yet I knew. So I had, I had to have enough of that courage yes. to do what I felt I was being called to do, no matter what anybody else thought. Nobody would ever, would ever no, but I didn't have to, I couldn't buy into other people's fears. Yeah. I was going to say, how did you manage that? I love how you said, I, I couldn't buy into other people's fears. And how did you just kind of tell your family and your friends, like, it's okay? Like, how, what were some of those conversations like, Christian? Well, I got to tell you that my family and a couple of other people who were, you know, going on this journey, they, they, they even organized like, um, 
what do you call it? An intervention. Intervention. Yeah. With the cult awareness network. Um, because they, I mean, like, I didn't even know at that time, I didn't even know what a guru was or an ashram. Um, and so I understood, I understood that people were freaking out because I was just starting to learn, but you know, I had, I had to trust. And I remember one time, um, my teacher said something to me because I was, we were driving cross country or something and I was sad saddened that there i was you know like following my my mission and getting myself free um, from fear and for limitation and there my family was and my friends were freaking out mm. uh, and she said something to me that was really really wise two things actually one was she said the, the she's the word God. If that word doesn't work for you, she you know you put love, replace it with love. So what, what's of God of or what's of love on this side of the process of transformation will be there on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, I mean my family is you know we're still incredibly close and incredibly tight. The friends that mattered, the friends that that yeah. count, they're still. We're, no, we're still friends, even if we don't believe the same things. Mm-hmm. We're still friends. So, what's of love will survive um, our personal transformation. Sure, are there people who, who are not in my life now that were in my life then? Of course, and you know, we just went in different directions. We grew in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that she said that was really helpful is like what what we're doing as we go into this a process of healing, a process of transformation, we're actually impacting our DNA. And I don't know what the number is or, who, or how they know that we're not even using like 5% or 10% of, of our potential in our DNA, um, but that we're not using 100%, that's pretty clear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the, they've done studies where, where they'll split the DNA and they'll do something to it here. And this is scientific stuff. This is not new agey stuff. This is like actual scientific studies where they'll split the DNA and they do something to it here. And the other part of it, a thousand miles away, will react not only in the same way, but at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like how is that possible? Not even Einstein could wrap his mind around that. Because of the distance, there should be a time lapse. Mm-hmm. But there isn't. And so I think he called it spooky action at a distance. Um, And so if we're that interconnected in ways that that we don't understand yet, um, what happens, whatever happens in my DNA is happening, is impacting that DNA that is closest to me. So my family first, but even our DNA, you know, uh, Kelly and Carrie is like our DNA is like 99.999% identical. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're impacting each other. And in fact, 98.4 of our, of our DNA is identical to chimps and 50% is identical to bananas. <laughs> so we can really talk about the interconnectedness of our life in a scientific way, not just in a, in a pretty poetic way. Um, and so those were the two things that allowed me to to understand and to have faith, to to trust the process that that eventually what happened happened. You know that that what's of love is still here. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful, and I think too what 
um, you witnessed and any other people who've been, who've changed their lives. Um, it's scary for other people. It makes them think about what's important to them and what they're doing. And it kind of breaks that to use the, one of my favorite psycho psych uh, psychology terms, that homeostasis of the family. And so everyone has their role and everyone's supposed to do the same thing. And when someone kind of breaks that, it upends the structure and the system and people get weird. It's scary (laughs) to upend your life and to really do Mm. what your purpose is. And so it's such a beautiful story that you shared with us. What type of action would you, what advice would you give to our listeners if they're asking the same questions and going, is this it? And what do I need to do with my life to serve a, a higher purpose or be more true, truer to myself. What were some of the actions and advice you have? Well, I mean, trust, trust the process, trust your intuition, um, because you're going to get I mean, people who support you. You're going to people who are going to be freaking out. Um, so ultimately, the answer is going to be within. And and so it's a, it's learn to go within, and then also learn like we were talking about before how to read the signs, how to tune into the signs. Because when we're in that question, in that close relationship with life, with the universe, with spirit, whatever you want to call it, the intelligence of life, we'll get messages like, like you know, like sometimes we turn on the radio and that song has the exact message that we needed yeah. to hear. Or we're driving and then a billboard, like, oh my God, that's that's the answer that I was looking for. Um or we just hear the right message from the right person, some stranger on the street or, or the bus or the subway or whatever. Um, so stay open, go within, um, and and know, like in you, the depth of you, that the power is within. Mm-hmm. And that everything in our past, no matter what happened, can be healed, can be overcome, and can be transcended. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. I know, Kelly, I could listen to Christian. I'm very aware of how um, my voice is not as calm as yours, Christian. And I'm like, oh, how could I ever? That's just not me. Of like, ah, you know, I do that, Christian, a lot. (laughs) And so I listen to Christian's voice. I'm like, oh, I could listen to him all day. Um, Kelly, what are your your thoughts and, and meditative moments with listening to Christian and his beautiful story? Well, my voice certainly isn't that relaxing either, so I, I, I can't lay claim to that either, Carrie. Uh, the two of us will be hysterical together and be like, oh, my God, can you believe it? Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. I just have to think about how powerful your commitment to your your journey and your belief in what you wanted to do for yourself that during that entire intervention with the Cult Awareness Network, I have to imagine that that was a pretty intense experience um, that you and your family went through and you still said, I want to do this, right. That, it, that, that belief in what you wanted and that you really were destined for something much greater mm-hmm. that yeah. had to have been quite an experience. Yeah. And then to know, right. To to continue with that connection to self mm-hmm. that, you know, after, after five years in that, um, in that ashram, in that spiritual community, uh-huh. I began to realize that the hierarchical nature of the student-disciple um, relationship was beginning to interfere with my own growth. Um, and so 
it took me a couple of years to actually leave um, because I knew I'd, I had grown very, it was a small community and I'd grown pretty, pretty rapidly in, in the organization so that I was the kind of lead, lead teacher, the heir apparent. And yet, you know, the, the publisher, publicist, events creator, all that kind of stuff. And, and yet it seemed to me that, 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 that it was actually interfering with my own growth. And so I eventually I just, I left and sure enough, it, it imploded. Um, but I knew, you know, that was also a very difficult choice, but I knew that if I was going to follow my calling that I had to leave. And, and, and that's why I, I, you know, courage and resilience are the, the two charge qualities that I, that kind of kept coming up for me as I was getting ready for, for this interview. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and that you're reading into the signs too. So there's a certain level of accuracy that you're taking in in being aware of what's going on around you, reading the tea leaves, so to speak, um, kind of picking up on the signals, as you mentioned so much around the signs um, and using that sort of intelligence, that part of yourself that you know what's kind of going on around you, you can anticipate. Um, what would you say the impact had that you've made in, in making this choice and this decision and offering these workshops and has had on the lives of others. I, I would imagine that you've done some pretty amazing things in helping people see their own journeys and reaching their unique destinations. Yeah, that's a question. That's a beautiful question. And, you know, from a place of humility too, because it, I really do feel humbled mm -hmm. by it to, to know that, my choices and my teaching and who I am in the world has impacted so many lives and made a difference. And I, and I know because I get the feedback all the time um, and have testimonial after testimonial after testimonial. Um, I mean, that is, that is the best thing that like nothing beats that. I'm glad I don't have to make a choice between my work and sex, but if I did have to make a choice, I have, I don't even have to think about it. It's like, I know what I would choose. Um, because that's where I get the most meaning and, and the most, uh, satisfaction. And, and that's where I get to express my purpose. And I think anybody who's, who's been listening to, to this conversation, um, I think we've all, I mean, otherwise you wouldn't be here, but, I think we all know that there isn't anything, any amount of sex, money, power from the perspective of the world, how the power, how the world views power, possessions, that there's not enough of it that's ever going to be what's going to make us happy. Like how many more examples do we need of celebrities, powerful leaders who have all the money, all the power you could want, and they're miserable. Thin skin, one tweet sends them into a tailspin. Or the rate of addictions, the rate of suicide in those communities. Um, so the more that I live, the more that I'm clear that what does make us happy is giving expression to that unique human potential. That, that's unique to each one of us. And there isn't anybody out there who's got the same genetics, the same set of experiences, the same set of values, beliefs that make each one of us unique. If we don't give expression to that, ain't nobody else going to do it. And, and I think, for me, for sure, I know that's where fulfillment and happiness lie. 
So powerful. So powerful. And I, I just, it's a testimony to you willing to dig in and to do the work um, to become truly self-aware. That's one of the constant themes that runs through this entire podcast um, is the self-awareness that people seek. Um, because to your point, and it's a really poignant one is it's money is not enough. There's not enough of any one thing. People strive to find out that what makes me happy, what, mm-hmm. what fulfills me, what makes me feel like I have purpose um, and makes me get out of bed in the morning and f- makes me feel happy. And often the things that we feel make us happy, having a great job or having the you know house, having the um, you know X, Y, and Z aren't necessarily those things. It's not the tangible. It's often the intangible. Yeah. And so it takes work and it takes time and it takes a lot of sometimes effort to yeah. uncover those things. Um, and so I think you're just a perfect example of what that what the work that's involved in in, in getting to the point where you can not only find it for yourself, but you can help others find it for themselves as well. Yeah, so be- thank you so much. Beautifully said, beautifully said, beautifully expressed and wrapped up. And, and let's throw relationships in there, right? Like, I think we all know now that there isn't anybody out there who's going to make us happy. And it's not their job to make us happy. How unfair to put that responsibility on someone else. You are going to make me happy. And so if, we're, if that's how we're approaching relationships, hang it up. Hang it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the hard work comes from within. And I think you've given everyone some really incredible tools. Um, and, and speaking of which, we're going to put all of the tools that you've shared and um, and have on your website, as well as all of um, your, your book and all of your great information, Christian, we're going to put it all on our um, on the notes section of our um, of our podcast so that everyone will be able to find um, all of your valuable insights and wisdom. Um, not just obviously within our episode here, but within um, our show notes. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's so powerful. Um, and for um, sharing your incredibly poignant journey. It's one that um, I know I have found to be incredibly um, helpful and, and just just mindful. It just is the experience that I'm coming away with. Um, so, uh, we look forward to sharing this episode with all of you and thank you so much again, Christian, for sharing your story with us. Thank you both so much. Thank you for having me on the show and and thank you for having the show. Um, because in your own journeys of, of saying yes to your calling and having the podcast, uh, many, many lives are being impacted. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.